Welcome to Crucified. I'm your host, Charlie McQuillan, pastor of Grace Works Bible Church in Lake Geneva, Wisconsin, and this is part two of my interview with Brandon Smith. In this episode, you'll learn a little bit about what it means to have grace to your face. Enjoy! This has been really excellent, and uh, and I, I appreciate your thoughts and, and your insights. And the reason that I want to do these interviews uh, is so that people can can hear uh, how to reason through the scriptures about about life issues. But I want to I want to change gears here and kind of talk about some doctrine. You're teaching through Romans on Wednesday nights, correct? That is correct. Okay, and then and then on Sundays it's uh, you're going through Second Timothy. Or that is it is first? Tim- okay. Okay. So you see, so you better know I'm testing. you. It, it, it took me a second. My, my computer came unplugged. <laughs> so uh, I was trying to do two things at once, which is never good. So, so Romans and second Timothy, the, the first question let's give it one at a time. I'm going to learn a new discipline here. <laughs> why, why did you choose those two books to, uh, to teach through? Um, and, and what was the, what was the thinking behind that? Sure. So I'll start with Second Timothy, right? So I'm teaching through Second Timothy on Sunday mornings at 11 a.m., uh, you know, the main pulpit hour for the church. Right. And um, when I became the adult Sunday school teacher, when Tom asked me to take over the adult Sunday school, the first thing that I taught on was dispensational, the difference between Israel and the body of Christ. Um, and the reason I did that is because I wanted to teach a very, very introductory lesson. It wound up taking me about a year, <laughs> but a very slow process of why there's a difference between Israel and the body of Christ. Yeah. And, you know, everybody maybe comes to understand right division a little bit differently, understanding the difference between Israel and the body of Christ. And for me, it was on the issue of circumcision. Hmm. So what I did is I took that one issue of circumcision and I read all the way through scripture to see that when you get to Paul and Paul says, you see how circumcision profits you nothing. That if you would have followed that string all the way through scripture, there's no way that Paul could say that if he wasn't preaching something radically different. Yeah. So I, yeah. I, I taught that whole dispensational distinctives series so that if I had any friends I might have one or two, but if, if I have any friends, that's a, that's an open question. Yeah. But if I had any, yeah, if I had any friends that were maybe curious as to why I go to grace Bible church, why I follow this doctrine, I would hope that they would give that a listen and that they could understand from what I think, how I tried to lay it out and take the time to do. You cannot dispute the -hmm. doctrinal difference between Paul and Israel. Yeah. so I'm sorry, I'm giving you a very long answer. When I finished teaching through that, I knew that I wanted to teach through a book verse by verse because I had never done it, Charlie. Mm. And so I had, um, you know, in my past life, uh, I taught in the Free Will Baptist denomination and I taught the adult Sunday school there, but they had prepared books that they would teach from, right? They basically right. had their Sunday school material and like, here, this is what you say this Sunday. <laughs> you know, it's not quite like the Catholic Mass where they say, read these verses, but they give you the material to teach out of. 
Hmm. And it, it's quite interesting because Free Will Baptists are not Calvinists, but I think they had Calvinists writing the material because I can't tell you how many times I came across, uh, you know, doctrine that was uh, Calvinistic. But hmm. anyways, I knew I wanted to teach through a book verse by verse. And when I could see kind of the end of the series coming up, I had asked Tom what book that he would recommend that I would teach, Tom Bruchet, and mm-hmm. he recommended that I teach through First Timothy. And okay. I appreciated that he did that. And so um, my preaching at the 11 o'clock hour is just an extension of that and a continuation of the preaching through Paul's epistles to Timothy. I started with First Timothy in oh, Sunday okay. school. And when I started, basically Tom uh, wanted to, to, to flip with me where he took the 10 o'clock and I took the 11 o'clock and I just kept preaching through Timothy. Now, I want to, can I plug your, uh, your guys' YouTube channel and, and ministry? I, I know I mentioned it before, but, but uh, would you mind if I did that? Uh, absolutely. Okay. So, uh, absolutely. You would mind? <laughs> Go right ahead, Charlie. Knock yourself out. Okay. All right. I just, you know, make sure uh, with, with what we're talking about, you know, yeah, we, you know, who knows? Um uh, uh, the, the YouTube channel is, is Grace Bible Church. And if you, if you type in the, the search bar on, on YouTube, if you do Grace Bible Church Warren, uh, it'll come up and they can, they'll find your YouTube channel that way. Uh, and so you can see Brandon's teachings and, and, and Tom's and Pastor Tom Bruchet and, and others there. And so that's something I would recommend. Your, your church website, if they just wanted to go to the website. Our church website is rightlydividing.org. Okay. Right, rightlydividing.org. Yep. Okay, wonderful. That's something that I would I would commend to everybody to check out if you don't know about it already. Now, what about Romans? Why? How did you How did you land on Romans? Sure. Well, on on Wednesday nights, uh, the first book that I started teaching through was the book of Genesis. Uh, so I wanted to teach through Genesis. I wanted to get through some of those foundational issues at the beginning of Genesis, and I thought, hey, Genesis will be a fun book to teach through verse by verse. And uh, boy, uh, it was a, a lot harder sledding than I initially thought it would be, you know, sure. <laughs> you know, work, teasing out those verses and, and really working through that. And I, it took me a while. Uh, I got to Genesis chapter 17 when God begins to deal with Abraham. And I thought now is a good time to take a pause. We've spent a lot of time dealing with Genesis. Probably be a good time to get into one of Paul's epistles. And we'll come back to Genesis at a later point in time. So I'm I'm relatively new to grace. I mean, you know, you're an old man. You've been in been in it a long time, and correct. And uh, so, so a lot of a lot of uh, history there. But for me, I had never taught through the Book of Romans first by verse. Mm. I've I've gone through grace school, the Bible, and you know, Richard spends some time going through the Book of Romans, but he doesn't really deal with every verse, right? And uh, Romans is really Paul's foundational. Um, epistle. And mm-hmm. so I, I wanted to teach through the book of Romans really more so from a selfish reason. So the book of Timothy, it, I think is local church to understand, you know, what the ministry is and to understand what we're all about. Um, and the book of Romans I, is, is really, it was, it was really more so um, for my own benefit because I thought I needed to teach through that. I, I thought it was needed. Um, so that's the reason I, 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 um, started going through Romans. Yeah. Romans is, is excellent. And that's an understatement I know. And that's kind of an obvious, um, 
I never get tired of teaching on it, on, on passages from Romans. People say the Bible is limitless. The book of Romans is limitless, right? I mean, you, you could yeah. just, you could just put yourself on repeat teaching through the book of Romans for the rest of your ministry. And it wouldn't, you wouldn't be bad off if you know what I yeah. mean. Yeah. It's, it's foundational. And, and often many, many people, many, many saints, they don't have the foundation of Romans. As a result, they're not established and, and they're spiritually, you know, you if you haven't, if you don't have a grasp of the book of Romans, you are spiritually a child and, and you're, you know, you could be tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. So it's, it's just a critical book to have and uh, under your belt and, and have some understanding on. And that's, that's great. Now, hey, Charlie, Charlie yes. before you move on, I can remember listening to like Christian radio before I really understood my Bible at all. And I remember hearing like, you know, how the Christian radio hosts would have like different questions that they would do for different segments. And I can remember several times hearing people talk about, well, what Bible should you read first if you're a Christian? And they said, mm-hmm. oh, you should read the book of First John. It's all about love. You know, you should read the gospel. Oh, of sure. John. It's so wonderful and all of these things. And it's like you come to understand the Bible and you're like, there's no other place to go but Romans. Mm hmm. When you when you when you want to start when you want to understand go to Romans and so that's what I wanted to do. Yeah, praise the Lord! I remember being at a in a uh, Christian bookstore, and there was a gentleman saying that was asking the uh, one of the employees there, and I was just I was eavesdropping. Okay, I'll I'll say you know it's hard when, when you hear an interesting question, I, and so I'm I'm flipping through in uh, a New King James upside down. And, and as long as they didn't see it, it was okay. And so the, the, the brother there, he asked, he said, well, what, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a new believer. He had a clear testimony that he shared, which was really cool. And, and he asked the lady there, he said, well, you know, I'm hearing different things about what I should read first, just like you were talking about. And he said, what would your recommendation be? And she said, well, people will, will say, uh, John or Romans. And I was kind of, I was kind of surprised that she said Romans because it's almost always John and, and John's a wonderful, amazing book, but it's not the book that's going to establish you uh, in, in your understanding of, of God's word. Right. And I know that's going to set some hair on fire, you know, but, but that's the truth of it. John is a, is a portrait of, of the Lord Jesus Christ and, and who he is as, as uh, deity in his earthly ministry. There's books that precede that that will establish you in your understanding of John, but but as in, in your Christian life and your identity in Christ, Romans is the book to be in. He mentioned Romans, and you know she had, he he kind of touched on on Romans in response to her, and she said, you know that's great and all, but but really you should start with John. So I closed up that that upside down New King James Bible, and I and I put it back on the shelf, and I so badly wanted to say you know Romans. Uh, but I was too shy at the time. Now I wouldn't, I wouldn't hesitate at all. You know, when you're 17 years old or, or so, you know, you're, you're a little, little shy and, and, uh, yeah. you know, so, uh, but not anymore. I, I'd say, man, you, you need to read Romans and, uh, you can listen to Brandon teach it here. So, uh, so that's great. Now I, I have to, I'm really curious. Are there any passages in particular, either Romans or, or second Timothy, uh, you, you know, you pick, are there any passages that as you study and as you read through those books that, that you're looking ahead of and say, man, I really am eager uh, to, to learn more about this or to, or to really preach on this, this passage. This is something that really just thrills my soul. 
Uh, is there anything like that that you've seen as of yet? I know it's hard to get past what you're studying and teaching through at that moment, but is there anything that you're looking at ahead saying, ah, man, I cannot wait till we get to that part? I feel like I should say yes and just tee off on that question, but you know, I'm not really sure specific the specific passages. I, I enjoy the learning process. Sure. And as you study the the verses and, and go through verse by verse, you learn. And yeah. I can't tell you how 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 teaching and preaching through verse by verse, how rewarding it is that you see things that you've never seen, right? And I know that's an yeah. obvious, I know that's an obvious statement. And so you see connections and and depth there that you never would have picked up on in your normal reading through the text. Yeah. And so that's kind of what I get eager about, you know, learning and seeing what's next that I didn't know, and then making my own feeble attempts to bring to the surface some of the treasures uh, from the storehouse there. And I'm, I'm, I'm not sure about specific uh, verse or passage, but uh, if it's something really good, right? I, uh, I think, how am I going to communicate the beauty of that passage, right? I, I start right. thinking about Romans chapter number eight and start talk, thinking about the second half of that chapter. And it's like, man, how do you really communicate the beauty of that? So then Absolutely. Uh, that's, a, that's a burden. And then, and then if it's a difficult passage, I think, oh, how am I going to articulate that? <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, then there might be some verses that I don't really have solidified in my own mind and my own understanding. And I think, get that settled. So yeah. I, I, I think there's a, there's a lot more like trip than there is excitement to, to kind of get to those things. Oh, but sure. I, I enjoy the process. You know, there are verses oftentimes that I'll, I'll look ahead to and I'll say, man, this is, this is going to be interesting. And, and I'm excited. And, and you, like you're saying, you know, you're thinking, how can I, how can I explain this clearly? And, and not make it more complicated and, and aggravating, you know, to people listening to this that are just, they say, well, we want to know what the verse says, and you're making it hard for us to understand it. Right, right. And, and usually when it comes to that point, I find that, you know, you go through all this trouble to, to figure out how to articulate something. And then at the end of it all, you, you just kind of go back to what the verse said originally. And you said, you know, it really does say it the best, doesn't it? And uh, you just need to catch up with... Uh, with with the the understanding that's that yeah. surrounds it but at the end after you've studied through it and you've you've struggled with it you have this understanding to be able to talk about yeah it really does say what it says but you're able to talk about it i think uh more so that that studying is a, a is a yeah. maturation process right it's you know if i cannot simplify a passage if i if i cannot explain something simply uh, then my, my conclusion is I'm missing something. And, and that's not to say that there aren't complex issues and doctrines and, and, and verses. There are. But, you know, when you grasp something, you can usually crystallize it and, and, and see the simplicity that's in God's word. Yeah. And if I'm lacking simplicity, uh, then I, I automatically question, well, you know, what am I missing here? And I think that's kind of a healthy response for any preacher to have. I, I think that, you know, a, a true mark of wisdom, and I'm not claiming wisdom for anybody on this call right now, 
Um, yeah, neither but, am I. Yeah. <laughs> but a true mark of wisdom, I think, is taking a, a complicated matter and being able to explain it simply. Yeah. And, uh, you know, to, to, that, that shows understanding. So I, I agree with your sentiment there. And I think it's just a, a learning process to try to get to the point where you can allow God's word to be as clear as it really is. Yeah. And just and just try to, to just try to bring it forth and impress it in people's hearts and minds. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think the key there naturally, when you when you when you preach on a, a matter in the scriptures, uh, one of the things that I I look forward to when I study a passage in, in preparation to, to teach, I, I get the most excited when it gets a hold on, on, on my heart. When it gets a hold of me, then, then there's, no, there's no struggle with getting excited about it and, and teaching it. Because, you know, the thing that thrills you is, is, is the doctrine and, and its power and what it says, and, and what it says about, about the grace of God and, and who the Lord Jesus Christ is, the, the whole point uh, of studying and, and, and learning and edification is, is to know Jesus Christ, to know him as, as our life, as Philippians 3 says, you know, he's, he's the goal, and, yeah. uh, and, and that's, you know, he's the prize. So, uh, it, it, to me, I think, you know, prayerfully, when you study a passage, you know, in, in John, in John five, for example, we're doing an old Testament survey uh, on Friday nights. And the, the verse that I kind of filter everything that we go through as we study uh, generally through, through uh, Genesis at the moment, I say generally, it hasn't been very general. It's been, we're, we're, we, ba- we basically just made it out of chapter three in in eight weeks or so. So, you know, I guess that's brisk, but you know, when Christ says in John you're, 5, 39, you're, sprint, you're sprinting there, Charlie. I mean, that's a full on sprint. I, I know. Yeah, <laughs> it really is. It's full. You can't get out of, of the, the first three chapters of Genesis. You know, uh, it takes years to get through it, isn't it? Uh, isn't that the case? But, uh, you know, when, when the Lord says in John 5, to search the scriptures for they are they which testify, you know, in them, you think you have eternal life, search the scriptures for, for uh, uh, they are they which testify of me. And, you know, when you're studying the, the law and the prophets and the Psalms, it's, it's about the Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah. You know, he's the central theme. But then co- here comes Paul, the apostle of the Gentiles, and he preaches the unsearchable riches of Christ. You know, here's the Lord Jesus Christ in whom are hid all the, the treasures of wisdom and knowledge, as Colossians 2 says. That is, is such a thrilling thing. And, and you got to find your you really got to find your excitement and, and your joy uh, in Christ. And, and just, you know, I think prayerfully as we preach uh, uh, through books and passages of scripture, you know, our heart's desire really needs to be, I just want to know my savior and, uh, and, and he's, he's worthy of, you know, of, of my attention and, and, and just, he's the, you know, be constrained by the love of Christ. In other words, I guess that's what I'm trying to say. Just let that captivate you. And, I think preaching on a passage is becomes quite straightforward when uh, when you get excited about him, and and so that's a great privilege for us. Um, are, are there any passages that you you look ahead and and say, man, I'm kind of dreading hitting those verses. That's something that uh, maybe I'll I'll find a way to skip over. <laughs> and I, you know how I, 
the sense in which I mean that some, some verses you go, I am not looking forward. I need about, you know, 10 more years, maybe, maybe 20 to, yeah. uh, to have a co- comfortable conviction about that. Uh, no, there definitely are. And it's, it's not the verses that maybe are, let's say, controversial, right? Like yeah. uh, socially controversial, like, uh, you know, head coverings and, and things like that. Uh, for, right. for, for me, those verses are the ones that I look like I don't fully understand. I mean, you know, yeah. I, I, I haven't been preaching and teaching all of that long. And I, I mean, I've, I've, I've only been in grace for about uh, eight years now and, and, and coming to understand some things. So there's a lot of learning that I still need to do, right? Um, and it was much easier when I was sitting in the pew to Tom teach and, you know, these verses here to be able to hold verses in tension in my mind and be like, well, it could be this or it could be that. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. It's much easier to do that. But then when you have to teach it and, and you're standing there and you have to take a position on it, uh, yeah, it, 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 can be, uh, it, can be, it can be more difficult. I mean, I'll, I'll give you one example. Um, you'll, you'll expose me here and I'll give you an example. Cool. Romans chapter number two. Uh, Romans chapter number two, verse number six. You know, who, uh-huh. who will render to every man according to his deeds. Verse seven. To them who by patient continuance and well-doing seek for glory and honor and immortality, eternal life. And so there's a couple of different ways you can take that verse. And I've heard different uh, grace guys uh, explain it differently. And so I was, I was a little bit like, oh, man, I really need to get that figured out exactly what's going on there. Is, mm-hmm. is Paul being sarcastic and saying that, look, if, if you can continue in well-doing, uh, then, then I'll give you eternal life, knowing that no man can continue in well-doing. So I'm just being sarcastic. Mm-hmm. Or is he referring to something else? And, uh, you know, is he referring to those maybe in time past who continued in well-doing? Uh, you know, when, he, when God tells Cain, if thou doest well, will thou not be, you know? Uh, so anyways, that was a verse that I was like, boy, I, I'm really going to have to, to figure that one out and come to mm-hmm. a decision, you know? So what was your decision? I think that I think that Paul's referring to salvation in the Old Testament. I think oh, he's talking okay. about to them who by patient continuance and well-doing seek for glory and honor and immortality, eternal life. I think he's talking about not only the Jew in time past, but also the the individual before the Jew in time past. Um, so if you just take the Jew, for example, um, if he didn't continue in the law, then God would cut him off. Right. And mm-hmm. so they had to to patiently continue in the well-doing and uh and um uh, job it talks about him offering uh you know a sacrifice and he he it says that he did it continually so there's the issue of faithfulness to god in 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 time past and so uh, i'm not saying that every that anyone in time past was justified by the works of course not paul makes that very clear in galatians that no man is justified by their works um, but what he is saying, I think there is that your patient continuance and well, not do needs, right? Like not taking your neighbor an apple pie and taking it over there to them, but mm-hmm. doing well, that which God has told you to do. God told Cain to bring a sacrifice. Abel did it. God accepted him, had respect unto him and to his sacrifice. He turns over to Cain. Cain didn't do the right thing. 
He, he, he brought something of his own self. He mm-hmm. didn't do what God said. That's not faith. But God says to him, uh, well, you know, all you have to do is trust that I'm going to send my son to die for your sins and you'll be okay, Cain. And then I'll, I'll save you and seal you with the Holy Spirit. That's not what he tells Cain. Right. He says, if, if thou doest well, wilt thou not be accepted? You need to turn around, Cain, and you need to do what it is I told you to do. You need to go offer that, that sacrifice. It wasn't the sacrifice that saved Cain. It was his response in faith to what God told him to do. God told Israel, you need to keep the law and circumcise. If you don't circumcise, I'll cut you off from among your people. So they would lose their life if they didn't continue in the well-doing. But that's, that's where I've come down on that. And then you see as you, you go down through the passage, Paul is also starts talking about those who had the law and those who don't have the law. And so I think that there, there is a bit of a, a dispensational difference there and uh, talking about some different things. So I, I, I think it ties all in, and that's the, that's the conclusion that I... Okay, well, I will be a, a kind and gentle and gracious <laughs> host, and I will let you off the hook this time. Uh, you don't want to do... turn it into Debate 101 with Charlie McQuillan. <laughs> well, I, I mean, you know crucified and debated yes <laughs> yes join the podcast crucified and buried um so, <laughs> uh it, it that's that's an int- that's the first time i've ever heard that that take and an understanding of that passage now the so i mean let's flesh it out just because you know for those that are listening they're going to want if if i don't give the people what they want <laughs> then you know what is this all about what are you so, now, like Phil Donahue I, or something like that? Yeah, this is one of those, uh, you know, dysfunctional Grace family uh, uh, TV shows where, where we, we throw out our dirty laundry for everybody to witness. Uh, that's, you know, that's something I've always, by the way, for those listening, I and I threw this out to you, Brandon, and, and I think this is a great idea. We need to have a uh, we need to have either a radio program or a podcast, whatever you and me. And, or maybe open it to some other guys I, I think would be would would uh, contribute greatly in the chemistry. And I want to call it grace to your face. Greg and I were actually talking about that last week. And okay. uh, I was bringing up that very thing that we should start doing. And Greg's like, well, I've got a podcast and we could, uh, you know, reuse it. It's called The Point. I'm like, well, I like that. But Charlie's what, got a, a good title, too. You, you broke up there a little bit. What's it called? Uh, grace to the point. Oh, and I like grace to I like grace to your face. Yeah, I told them I told them that yeah. you had a to grace to your face, and we could use that one. Yeah, I you know there are there are certain skills that uh, you know I have a certain set of particular skills, <laughs> and and they're totally useless. But but one of them is is coming up with <laughs> names for things and uh, and acronyms. It's just a gift. Your poor uh, you kids. Know, short, short, <laughs> yeah, they're my, you know, they're my, um, they, they, I tested out on them. And uh, I remember at Shorewood Bible Church, we, there was a room that, that we had remodeled and we were sitting around uh, a group of guys and, and we were kicking around. I, we need to name, we need to identify this room. And so we threw out, now this was the room where everyone, you know, goes in to have uh, kind of a snack break, you know, your coffee and 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 things of yeah. that, your pastries, all of that. And so we had all kinds of names. The the two that I think were in the running 
was the eternal weight of glory or just the weight of glory, because that's where everybody <laughs> was stuffing their face. And then the second, the second one, which ultimately uh, I think stuck, it was the weaker brother room. Uh, Let him that eateth not judge him that eateth. So it, you know, we knew when, when the, uh, from the pulpit, when someone said, we're going to meet in the weaker brother room, it landed. So, so, you know, there are, there are good, but I think I like grace to your face. I like and, it. Uh, yeah, that's good. I, I, I think we should definitely. So let's, let's, let's bring some grace to your face, Brandon. Now in Romans two, six, when he says, who will render to every man, according to his deeds to them who by patient continuance and well-doing seek for glory and honor and immortality, eternal life. But unto them that are contentious and do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness, indignation, and wrath, tribulation, and anguish upon every soul of man, which doeth evil of the Jew first and also of the Gentile. And then verse 10, we should read, uh, but glory, honor, and peace to every man that worketh good to the Jew first and also to the Gentile, for there is no respect of persons with God. Now, the one thing that comes to mind in light of what you're saying is the the, the kind of the, the present tense of, of what Paul is saying. So, you, you know, he, he, it, it's, it seems like when he, when he says it in verse six, seven, eight, he's talking about individuals right now, not just those in, that are in the past, but right now. And if this was salvation for those in time past, and, and you, you might have already answered this, uh, he brings up to the Jew first and also of the Gentile. So there's a distinction between circumcision and uncircumcision, Jew and Gentile in the passage, and also there's the kind of the present tense of the passage, unto them that are contentious and do not obey the truth, not those who were contentious and, and, and didn't obey the truth. So, so it seems that when he's, when he's writing, and I do look at it from the position that Paul is laying out the case, and the ultimate conclusion comes down to verse 9 and 10 of chapter 3, where he says, are we the Jews, better than they, the Gentiles. Uh, we have before proved both Jew and Gentile that they are all under sin. There's none righteous, no, not one, and on he goes. So that's that would be the things that stand out to me. How would you think through that? Yeah, no, that's a good point. I think, you know, so back in verse number five, he talks about, but right, after that your heart... face. <laughs> yeah. Well, obviously, obviously, Charlie, you're wrong. Uh, so we'll just stay with that. <laughs> yeah, spice but, it up a but, little bit. Yeah. But beyond that, uh, no, in verse five, when he talks about, but after thy hardness and impenitent heart treasures up unto thyself wrath against the day of wrath and revelation of the righteous judgment of God. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I think that there's a timing aspect there. I don't think that it necessarily limits itself to those people. If you go on, he talks about, or there's no, he, he's talking about the judgment of God. And I think that he's not just talking about the judgment of God for those specific people at that time, you know, Romans 1 is talking about a people that gave up God in time. Romans 2 is about the Jew. The Jew had a different program. And, and, and as he goes through, he's talking about this judgment, and he's going to get down to the people who had the law and the people who don't have the law and the judgment that's going on. So I, I don't see it as being limited there. I mean, when you, when you talk about how is the judgment of God going to be against the Jew and the Gentile who didn't have the law. It's going to be according to those standards, I think. Those who by patient continuance and well-doing seek for glory and honor and immortality, eternal life. In Deuteronomy chapter number six, um, uh, God says that um, 
when or Israel is is talking back to God and he said they say that it will be our righteousness if we observe all these commandments before the Lord our God, right? Mm-hmm. This is going to be our righteousness if we do them. Um, and so there's this issue where if a man is going to be just, he has to do that which is lawful and right. That's that's what is said over in Ezekiel, that if he's going to be just, he has to do that which is lawful and right. Um, if I read a verse from Ezekiel chapter number 18, Ezekiel Eighteen. Look at, uh, like, if you look at verse number nineteen, it says, "Yet say ye, why doth not the Son bear the iniquity of the Father? When the Son hath done that which is lawful and right, and hath kept all my statutes and hath done them, he shall surely live." So, for me, you have to, um, you know, for Israel, and uh, I, I heard this from Tom one one time, and it, it was like, "Yeah, that's a really good point." You know, Tom made the point that it's not in Israel's program. You didn't have to trust the gospel in order to get life. You were born into the covenant of God at, as the nation of Israel. You had life. You, you were circumcised. You, had, you were part of the covenant of circumcision. You were part of Israel's people. And you had to continue in that law. The way that you find outside of covenant with God if you, is if you don't continue in the law, if you don't continue to do all of those things. So God says, you know, here, if, you, if, you kept, if you've kept all my statutes and have done them, he shall surely live. And, and why is that? Is it because the works that God needs the works? No, it's because this is what God has told them to do. And someone who is restored in faith to God will do those works which God told them to do. If God says, my commandments, someone who loves God will say, okay, God, I will do that. But you can't come along and say, well, look, uh, you know, we obviously know, God, that you're not going to work. So, you know, I love you. I believe you. I know that you're there, but I'm not going to do that whole law thing. You know, me and you, I'll just believe you. I'll just trust in you. Well, well, no, that's not faith because faith responds to what says. And God said, Keep my commandments. And so in verse number 21 of Ezekiel 18, it says, But if the wicked will turn from his sins that he hath committed and keep all my statutes and do that which is lawful and right, he shall surely live. But Ezekiel also says, If there's someone who is who is righteous and is keeping my statutes, but he turns from his righteousness then and, and dies in his sin, he will surely die. So you have to continue in that well-doing till the end if you're part of Israel's program. You can't, there, there is no faith outside of the law for, for, for Israel's program. So there's a lot there, a lot to unpack there. <laughs> I, I tried um, to give you enough so that way you couldn't respond to any of them. Yeah, exactly. I, I, know, I know what's going on here. A couple thoughts. The, the, the challenge I have in, in, in that is with, with thinking that way is one in Ezekiel, the assumption that, that's being made there is that the, the, the righteousness and the living and all of that that he's talking about 
is the same kind of justification that's in view in Romans 2 and 3. So I uh, personally, when I think about in, in, in the book of Ezekiel, where Israel is in their covenant relationship with God, uh, you know, you have, you have Gentile captivity uh, and all of those things on the horizon there. You know, there is a, a very real and practical punishment for their unrighteousness and them not living in the statutes and judgments of God uh, and, and consistent being living consistently with that. I mean, the other thing, yeah, too, and, is and, and that uh-huh. consequence that consequence would be that they would not have life. That they would die, that they would die in their sins. Right. So, so you, and that's where I, I think my contention would come in. I, I don't, I don't think I would, uh, the way I would understand Ezekiel is that it's a reference to them being justified in the sight of God, being justified or, or, or saved from the penalty of sin. Uh, I think that's a, a judgment on the nation because of their unrighteousness. Cause you have, cause the whole nation is going to be impacted by that uh, because of, of their, their corporate disobedience. So that would be my one question. But, but the other thing I want to bring up is like, when you come to Romans three, and the, the verse there, he says, it, verse 12, Romans 3, 12, they are all gone out of the way. They are together become unprofitable. There is none that doeth good, no, not one. Uh, when he, verse 10, when he says, there is none righteous, no, not one. All of those verses and statements that are made are, are not, those aren't uh, verses that were revealed. Uh, that's not understanding revealed to the Apostle Paul in the dispensation of grace. Those are verses that he quotes from Israel scriptures. And when you read through the book of Deuteronomy, God and Moses both say, you guys are going to, you're going to fail. You are not going to keep the law. I mean, so it seems to me to be an impossible task when I look at those scriptures for God to say, keep the law by patient continuance in order to have eternal life and to be justified. And then also put them under the curse because Galatians 3.10 says those who live under the law, they're, they're under the curse. And so I think, it, to me, it's an impossible yeah. task. Go ahead. Yeah. So I think the difference there, Charlie, is that were they going to fail? Yes. Is any man able to keep the law perfectly? No man but the Lord Jesus Christ. But mm-hmm. the difference is, is that when they failed, God had a provision in the law for them to bring a sacrifice for a covering for their failure, for their sin, for their failure to keep the law, Right. Mm-hmm. And so what they had to do is that faithful continuance in well-doing, if they continued in the law, if they continued to keep the statutes, even when they failed the law, there was a covering for their sin. So my point is the people, when I say those who failed to continue in the law, I'm talking about those who just said, I'm not doing it altogether. They didn't keep the sacrificial system and they just, they just kept it. Um, but so I think to me, that's the difference of bank could keep the law perfectly. Um, if there had been a law given that could have given life, then surely Christ would not have died. Mm-hmm. So I, to me, I think that there's a difference there. We're, what we're talking about is what did God return, require out of Israel? The law was a curse. Yes. But does that mean that none of Israel was saved? No, they were, but how were they saved? They continued in the covenant relationship with God keeping the statutes. Now, I do think we need to be careful, too. When you, when you talk about salvation for, for Israel or an Israelite, that's, 
and, and I think the scriptures would play this out. That is a different issue technically than being just in his sight. When, when a Jew thinks about salvation and deliverance, you know, he thinks of it in a very practical and tangible, you know, uh, view. Take Luke chapter one, where Zechariah, Zacharias is prophesying. He talks about being delivered from the hand of their enemies. Um, you know, when, when Peter preaches and he says, save yourself from this untoward generation, the salvation there is not how, you know, like we, we think of salvation. But now the issue of justification, see, I, I would hold more to the view that, that a Jew in time past was justified by, by faith alone. And, and I think you would, have, you would say the same thing. The question is, how, what would that look like? And, what is, and, yeah, the way that I would say that is, what is the object of their faith? Right. I would I would agree with your statement. Yeah. Right. And and so is it is it you know the kind of the the idea there when you work through Romans three is some will say well it was faith that worked faith that if look if you believe God and, and you took him at his word then they would they would by faith do the things that he commanded yeah. them. James. Now that's James uh, being part of James part of Israel said I'll show you my faith by my works. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I, yeah, and I, I would look at that as a different kind of justification, just to be difficult. Um, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, now, with, with Romans 2, what about the, the, the present tense issue, though? And, and I know you, you had referenced some of that. This is something that you still have to contend with the issue that Paul is still bringing it up as a relevant point to the man who is alive today reading Romans 2. Yeah. I, so when it says you're, you're trying to say, because when it says in verse number eight, but unto them that are, and you're saying, so therefore it has to be someone in the current time period. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, so maybe it's my lack of, uh, I'm from Kentucky. Uh, so maybe it's my lack of English grammar skills. I didn't want to I point it out, but correct. Yeah. I, I appreciate <laughs> that. Thank you. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll make that uh, self disclaimer, but when, when he says that, I don't see that that necessitates that it has to be someone present, right? Like if I say, you know, to those people who are contentious, I could be talking about different groups of people, right? I, I, I don't, so in my mind, that doesn't necessitate the, 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 it doesn't necessitate that it has to be the group of people that he's talking to right at that time frame. Okay. Well, but I, I, I'll, I'll consider that. We, we debate, you decide, <laughs> or, uh, you know, have it your way, uh, whatever, whatever uh, tagline we can, I, you know, grace to your face. It's almost like a wrestling. It's like the, you know, uh, WWE or whatever that is. Um, you would know more, being from Kentucky, you would know more about uh, uh, steroid-induced yeah. men uh, wearing Speedos fighting uh, with each other, right? Watch yourself, she said. Watch okay. yourself. I, I, I am an ambassador. I, I'm a, um, I am a lowly Bears fan in a, in, uh, who've crossed the cheddar curtain uh, to, uh, to show the errors of all these people. You know, well, don't get me started on that. Anyway, don't change the subject, Brandon. Okay, when you're on the ropes, don't change the subject to uh, football. Back to the back to the sweaty men in their speedos fighting. <laughs> what, what? No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Anyway. Well, that was good. See, that was good. I, I, that's a um, and Brandon and I, we we love to uh, to have these kind of 
uh, disagreements all the time. They come up all the time and I'm, I'm still trying to convert them. Um, so, you know, you pray for them. Okay. Yeah. One of these times, you know, uh, Charlie will get sick of losing and, uh, you know, he'll stop, uh, trying to discuss with me. Hey, Hey, you're on my, Hey, just remember you're on my podcast, buddy. All right. Um, <laughs> oh, that's right. You, that's you right. asked yeah, the you, questions around. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> I'm, I'm that 20 is not coming your way now. Let's see here. Uh, okay, so very, very good, and, and a very interesting take on on Romans two. I, I, like I said, your particular understanding of that, though I don't agree with it. Uh, that's the first time I've ever heard that, and um, and so here, here's yeah. the thing I like about talking scripture. I'm, I'm, I don't like the you know, uh, let's do a Bible study, let's get everybody around the table, and let's see what everyone thinks. You know, right. Um, right. I, I, only one of us can be right if we hold two different views. And mm-hmm. so my, my goal is I want to be right. And uh, not because I want to be right because I want to be smarter than anybody else, but because I want to be right because I want to honor my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and I want to, to, yeah. to preach truth. So, so I, I enjoy talking about those subjects because I, 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 I love truth. I desire truth and uh, yeah. not uh, prideful enough to think that I couldn't learn something uh, from even you, Charlie. Yeah, I, I, I agree with what you're saying. I too want you to be right. So <laughs> that's... <laughs> well, well, well played. Well played. <laughs> okay, well, that, praise the Lord.